All right. Good morning. So what about Matt, huh? This is first shot on television. <laughs> Matt is our treasurer. We appreciate all that he does. He has the exciting job of telling us about how we're doing financially. Go, Matt. It's good to be here. Hey, uh, in case, you know, it didn't get drilled in, they said gifts are being given for that toy store. It's through the end of November. So that's only like a week and a half or so away. So to let you, not even that. Yeah, about a week and a half away. So um, I just want to highlight something. We did kind of some number crunching and stuff like that, speaking of numbers. But uh, we figured that if each family, each kind of giving unit here at the church, if we would take, if you have it, but if we would take just about $100 and invest that, and you think over the course of the year about how fast $100 can pass away, but if you just take $100 and invest it in some toys for these kids, we would hit our goal of the 500 to 600 toys. Sounds like an enormous amount, but spread out over all of us, it's fairly attainable. And so I want to encourage you guys again to, to get, on, get online, check out what that is, and see how you can participate, be a part of that. Because um, it's not really that much for us, um, but it can make a huge difference in the life of these kids and these families. And so uh, we're really excited about that. All right? Can we do that? Miriam's going, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, this week uh, is our last week uh, with our Rooted series. Uh, We have been, for the last 10 weeks, we've been tracking. uh, We have Rooted groups that meet during the week, and then we've been tracking with them on Sunday mornings uh, with the message. And so uh, it's appropriate that we would meet, uh, and we'd be ending this the week before uh, Thanksgiving, primarily because of what Thanksgiving is all about, which is thanks, right? Giving thanks, hence the name. And uh, also because of who it is that we typically spend Thanksgiving with, which is those who we are generally thankful for, right? And so um, this week in Rooted, we're really closing things up, talking about what our life together is about, what God had intended for that, and um, how, what it means to celebrate together celebrate those things that we're thankful for. And so all of those tied in with those themes, it makes a lot of sense. Our passage in Ephesians 2, uh, we're gonna see these same two themes come up about uh, what we're thankful for and the people that we celebrate these things with. So stand with me as we look at our passage in Ephesians 2. It's going to be verse 11 through 22. So a little bit longer, but listen to these words. These are God's words for us uh, as his people. So remember that before Christ, all of you non-Jewish Gentiles, that's most of us, who were called unclean heathens by the Jewish people who thought of themselves as clean because of the rituals like circumcision that they performed on their own bodies in their own power. Remember that at that time, you were far away from Christ, excluded from the citizenship with God's people. The covenants and promises of God were foreign to you, And you lived without hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near through his death. For he himself is the one who establishes peace between these two separated groups, uniting his own people, the Jews, together with all nations into one new community, breaking down the barrier that separated us by making obsolete the thing that caused the hostility the law with its commandments and ordinances, so that he might make the two groups into one new humanity, thus establishing peace. 
that he might reconcile them both into this one new body to God through the cross, because in it he had put to death the hostility. And he came and proclaimed peace to you who were near, far away, and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access through one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, rather you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's own family. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the very cornerstone through whom the whole building is held together and in whom it is growing into a holy temple. So you are also being built into the dwelling place of God's spirit. Amen? We started out without God and without hope, but because of what Jesus did and what he gave, we are now the very children of God. We're gathered together as his body with Christ as our head. We are the very part of this new humanity, part of the new creation that has been created in Christ. So we have a lot to be thankful for, amen? And look around, because there's a lot of people to be thankful with. This morning, today's message is titled Life Together. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful. We are so thankful We have things personally to be thankful for and to just lift up our praise to you for the ways that you have provided, the ways that you have come alongside and comforted or the ways, the insights that you have given to us about who we are and about how you are at work in our lives. We have so much to be thankful for with those just directly around us, for the families and friends that you have given to us, for the ways that people in our lives have poured their lives into ours and shaped our life and the way that we have been poured into as well to know Jesus and to become more like him, to be transformed into his image so that people start seeing more of Jesus in us and less of those broken pieces of ourselves. Father, we are so thankful too for the community that you've surrounded us with, that we know that this isn't just an individual thing, that we're struggling on our own, that somehow we have to climb up this huge mountain solo, but instead that you've surrounded us with a a whole group of, of pilgrims that are making their way to this new home together. We find comfort in that, we find safety in that and encouragement in that. And again, so much grace in that. So Father, we are so thankful and we're surrounded by those. And, and not just alone. It's not, we're not just here <laughs> calling out into heaven, but Lord, you are here in our midst. And so we're surrounded by those who know you and who are thankful as well for all of these things. And we are right in our midst, Lord. It's like we are the temple and your spirit is dwelling among us because you are here as well. So Father, we thank you this morning. We join with your people to lift up not just individual voices, but one voice of thanks and of praise to you for all that you have done, for your glory in the name of your son, Jesus, by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. So this uh, past week, Carrie and I kind of, uh, we got a preview of Thanksgiving. We were out in Wisconsin with our daughter, our son-in-law, their three boys, their niece, and then our son-in-law's parents, who thankfully uh, we're good friends with. (laughs) So 
But we were there, we were there to visit because our daughter and son-in-law, uh, Rob and Rachel, they just had a new little boy, Christopher. So we got to see him. We were there also to help because Demetrius, our oldest uh, grandson, he had fallen out of his uh, bunk bed recently and broke his leg. So we were there to help. Uh, we were also there though mainly to celebrate uh, because their middle son, Miko, uh, Wednesday was his official adoption day. And so we got to, yeah, we were clapping too. And so that was a fun time. Some of you guys have, have adopted kids as well. And so you know the joy that, that comes in that. It's like a, a second birthday for them and just a time to celebrate as a family. Uh, but because of that, there was a lot of chaos, right? <laughs> there were a lot of people. And, uh, but there was a lot to be thankful for, just like Thanksgiving, right? A lot of chaos, a lot of people, a lot to be thankful for. Um, while we're there, uh, we also got to be a part of a tradition that Rob and Rachel have started with their, their kids. And so every night as they put their boys to bed, they, they gather together as a family and they pray together and just ask God to thank him, you know, ask him for uh, just to take care of him during the night. But they also go around and they have each person tell something that they're thankful for. And the reason that they do that is because they want their boys to know, one, yes, you know, their life is about this life that we have together. Giving thanks is all about saying what you're thankful for. It is all about being with those you can be thankful with. But also they want them to know that Thanksgiving doesn't just happen on Thanksgiving, right? We can give thanks to God and should give thanks at all times with those that we love and those he has surrounded us with. You know, from the beginning, uh, God wanted us to know how important, especially that idea of together is. And so one of the first things he did is you read in Genesis, he created Adam. And one of the first things it says that he did was he brought all the animals in front of him so that Adam would name the animals. And he would also recognize that each of these animals had one that was like them, a partner, you know, in, in this, this whole thing called life. And, and he would realize that he didn't. He would realize he was alone and that he would realize what God knew, which was that alone is not good. And so from there, it says that then God uh, created Eve from Adam and they, become, they became this, this kind of mini community that started out. And this mini community that reflected God reflected the community that God had existed in and known from eternity past and into eternity uh, future. This community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. And so Adam and Eve reflected God in that. And then Adam and Eve got together and they found that together they could you know, be fruitful and multiply. And they began having little Adams and little Eves, right? And they're all running around and they began to name them. And this time, instead of seeing this kind of emptiness and loneliness, they instead saw that God was building this thing called community, this thing called together and that it was good until it wasn't good because also when you have a lot of individuals trying to come together as a tribe or community, it could be tough, right? It could be a challenge and it's hard work. Well, much later in their history, then God brought a people together, a bunch of tribes together called Israel. And, and they found out too that when you have a lot of individuals and you're trying to be one, you're trying to be united, it can be tough. And the thing is, when times get tough, what do we tend to do? We tend to start to grumble, don't we, <laughs> right? 
So what you find also is one of the things that God immediately started instituting with Israel is, I want you to regularly get together to remember that you are called together as my people, but I want you to come together three times a year. Three times a year, I want all of you to come together and I want you to bring the best food that you have and the best drink that you have. I want you to get together for about, for about a week and I want you to just spend time celebrating. I want you to come together in Jerusalem. I want you to give part of the food and the drink to me to remind you that I'm here in the midst of this too. And also to remind you that I'm the one that gave you all these blessings that you have to share with each other and that you have to enjoy in your life. But I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to have this big, huge celebration of singing and dancing and and eating together and just visiting together. I want you to remember the things that you're thankful for. And I want you to remember that you're surrounded by those who you can be thankful with. I have also given as a gift. And then when you go home, I want you to do the same thing on a smaller scale because I want you to do this in your homes and I want you to do this with your villages and with your, with your communities. I want once a week for you to gather together and to just to celebrate and to worship and to remember how much there is to be thankful for and how many there are to be thankful with. So it makes sense that when Jesus came, one of the things that he would want to get done is to bring together these two separated groups of people, his people, Israel, but he wanted to bring them together with those for such a long time had been separated from God. The Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, who didn't grow up within the covenants and and by the promises. And and honestly, that's most of us. If we're not Jewish, then that's, that's most of us. We were the Gentiles. We were those who were without God and without hope in this world. But to do that, he, he knew he had to bring down this wall. And this is what Ephesians is talking about, this wall that had, had caused hostility to rise up. It was, it was all those laws and all those distinctions that had separated and made, made Israel so unique then became this barrier between them and those who were outside. And he knew he had to bring that down somehow this wall of his hostility. And, and we get that, right? We understand these walls of hostility, how, how things you value and how things that define you can, can raise up between you and another person, right? We, we get that, don't we? I mean, we just have to go through one election cycle and we see it come up, right? Where all the things that you think are so important, they become that very barrier between and that other person. Well, this was happening even in the things that God had given to his people. And so Jesus wanted to make this whole new tribe out of those who had been divided in all these different ways. And the problem was, was that all of these covenants and all of these promises, they also had to do things with things like forgiveness and a wall that had come up between us and God that stretched all the way back to Adam and Eve. When they, they and their tribe started making their way away from God, starting to decide to do things their way, to decide in life, what, what life was all about, to decide what was good and what was bad on their own, to decide how to do relationships their own way, to decide who was good and who was bad in their own eyes, to decide how to kind of carry out their own kinds of parties and have their own kind of worship. And so Jesus knew that he had some work to do because on the one hand, he needed to bring the wall down, but on the other hand, He didn't want to get rid of the things that that wall represented. 
And so it says that Jesus did the tough work, the tough work for the sake of bringing us into that together thing, into that community, into that place of being with those who we can be thankful with. And he did it by not just getting rid of, not just destroying, not just throwing out the commandments because those represented the very heart of God, the very plan of God for us, but instead by fulfilling those things. Up until this time, what God's people had to bring regular sacrifices to cover their regular sins in this this time thing that we live in, right? But then Jesus came and it says that he offered himself as one sacrifice, one eternal sacrifice that would stretch back and forward and would cover for all time the sins that had separated us. God had asked his people, he, he had said that there are certain cycles of, of weeks and, and months and years that you need to keep so that as we pass through time, these things anchor us into the, the things of God and remind us of these aspects. But all of a sudden in Christ, all of these festivals and all of these celebrations and all of these requirements were fulfilled in him once for all, for all time for Jews and for Gentiles, for non-Jews, so that all of us could be brought together. So he could bring the wall down of hostility between us, but still keep those things in place that brought down the wall between us and God. He also said to his people where they had before been told, you're gonna take this thing called circumcision and we're gonna, all of your males are to be circumcised as a sign that you're a special people unto God. And instead he said, you know, now what he does is through his spirit is he able to circumcise not just males, but all of us, males and females, Jews and Gentiles, and he can transform our heart. He changes our hearts so that we desire to follow, so that we are marked by our hearts that we are his. But to do that, it says that it cost him his life the life of God. I mean, you talk about something that is valuable, something that's precious. That's how important this idea of bringing us together, that's how important that was to him. So if it's such a big deal to him, I mean, I think it probably should be a big deal to us as well. You know, deep down, I think we know that. We know, we know how important community is. Even if we don't know Jesus, we know how important this kind of this together thing is and benefits that we have. It's been important enough to this church but that one of the three words we use to describe our DNA, compassionate Christian community, has to do with that thing, that thing of being together and being united, even though we're very different, we're very distinctive. You know, on December... 5th of 2002, um, Carrie and I, we were living down in North Carolina and we woke up and it was freezing cold. And the reason it was freezing cold was because the night before it had been raining and it had been, it had been freezing overnight. And so it was freezing all over these, you know, the boughs of the trees. And we heard the tree branches snapping off all night. We saw the, if you've seen the blue sparks as, you know, your transformer blows up in your neighborhood, you know. And so we've seen all that. So we didn't have any heat. We woke up, but that morning, the sun had come out, the sky had cleared. It was beautiful. It looked beautiful outside, um, but it was freezing. <clears throat> and so when I pulled back the, uh, the shades, 
Um, yeah, I could see it was just clear and sunny. Now, I remember it was December 5th because that's our anniversary. I remember it was 2002 because that's our 15th anniversary. And on that day, what had happened overnight is as the rain came down and it froze on the branches, I looked outside and the sun was shining and everything was crystal. Everything. It was just one of those beautiful, you know, it was dangerous, but it was beautiful, right? And, and um, the 15th anniversary, guess what the theme is on that anniversary? Crystal. Yeah. So I opened the window and I said, look, honey, look what I got you, you know? And so she just, you know, as she normally does, she rolled her eyes at me. But... Um, <laughs> but we were there, and, and this went on for a week, though, and, and it was sub-zero, it was sub, it, well, it was sub-freezing, so it was very cold uh, for that, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what we would have done in that time without community, because immediately, immediately, friends uh, were showing up. Our, our neighbors were showing up. They were checking in on us. They were making sure that we had what we needed. We had this one friend that brought these old uh, army surplus hand warmers. You know, they said, yeah, just crack, crinkle this together and it warmed. You know, they wanted to make sure that we had enough firewood so that we could heat our house with, the, with our fireplace. They, they wanted to let us know what we could expect, what the timeline looked like it was, where we could find what we needed. They, and and so, suddenly you had this community that just kind of came up seemingly out of nowhere. And, and in my experience, it seems that community shows up best at times in those times of, of disaster, in those times of real challenge. That's when all of a sudden you see these communities come together, and that's when we see how much we need this thing called together. I've seen it happen after ice storms. I've seen it happen after tornadoes. I've seen it after, we've all seen it happen after uh, hurricanes or earthquakes, floods. Where people to come together, we also see it during tragedies, during illness, during economic challenges, during relationships unraveling. We see communities come together. And it's in those times that we find that without question, being alone, being isolated can be horribly not good. And being together, being a community can be very good. So God desires it. We benefit by it. <laughs> so if that's true, why do we spend so much of our time trying to do everything on our own, right? Why do we spend so much of our effort trying to prove that we don't really need anyone? In fact, sometimes we push it even as far as to almost like say to God, you know, I don't know that I really need you that much either. Dr. Daniel J. Uh, Siegel, he's a clinical professor of psychology at the UCLA School of Medicine. He's recognized for a lot of work that he's done on the psychology of family systems and of community. And he has said that one of the greatest capabilities, but also one of the greatest vulnerabilities of the human brain is that it can think of itself as completely separated from that whole network that it is interconnected with and that it is part of. So we can think of ourselves as an individual in the midst of this vast system called creation of which we are an integral part. We can think of ourselves as an individual isolated and separate from this vast network that we call our community or our family, that vast network of human relationships. Now, it's healthy to differentiate yourself, right? To know who you are, 
to know how you stand as an individual and what you individually uniquely have to contribute or how to give. It's good to know your own strengths and weaknesses so that you don't become so enmeshed and entangled in the identities of others that you can't even see yourself because that just leads to you being just yanked around by the, the approval or by the expectations of others. But we go way past that, don't we? We go past differentiation. We can take it to the point that we start seeing others as those that we merely use to get done what we need to get done. We can take those relationships and we can go to the point that we see others as those who are objects that can just be used up and then cast aside when we're done with them. We can do this not only to those who are far away, but we can do those with those who are even members of our own village, our own tribe, even our own family. And God says, that's not what he created this together thing for. In fact, that's why he had command Israel. That's why he told them the things he did. He said, you need to regularly be reminded of who you are and who you are with. That you're with God, but you're also with all these others that he created so that we might be this community, that we might find those benefits and that joy of being this community together. So Jesus didn't he didn't just come, he didn't come to undo that need for or that design for community. Instead, he came, and what Ephesians 2 says is he came so that we could be brought even deeper into it. That community with each other, but also that community with God, that we would become that very, that very temple, a living temple of God's Holy Spirit that we would become that very body of Christ with him as our head and the Holy Spirit is the one who is breathing life into all of us, not just as individuals, but as his, his people. So together we are this one new humanity that we are integrally, integrally could, yeah, I can't even say that word. <laughs> We're connected. <laughs> with all of that new creation. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? How do we, how do we realistically then live that together? I want to give us two things, and it has to do with the two things that I've been kind of trying to bring out this whole time, but I want us to think about two things as we go home, especially as we go into this, this week of Thanksgiving. First, first, what that means for us is that we need to be people who remember and remind. Remember and remind each other of whose we are of who we are, of all those things that we have to be thankful for. We should be constantly reminding each other of whose we are, who we are, and what we have to be thankful for. We are God's people now. Do you guys realize that? We're God's new creation, his new community, his new people. There are no walls that should be up between us. There should be no hostility between us, the things that we value. It doesn't matter the temporal things that we support on this earth. What matters most are the eternal things that we seek together as God's people. Amen? Now, that, that may be harder to do than it is to say, but it's worth putting the effort into so that we might live that out. We are God's people now. There are no walls between us. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20 tells us that we are not our own anymore because we have been bought with a price. And what was that price? It was the life of Jesus. God laid his own life down. We are now his and part of his community. 
So we are those who live together in remembering and reminding each other of all that we are, all that we have, all that God has given us so that we will become that community of thanks that regularly gets together just so we can celebrate. Just so we can celebrate that life that we've been given. That everything would become an occasion for thanks. An occasion for, for grace. We, we can be thankful because we're no longer alone. Amen? God said he is with us now always. Even in those darkest valleys that we walk in, he's with us. We, we can be thankful because we are no longer without. God provides for us always. You know, one of the things I was thinking about this and that we get confused with God sometimes is we think God's providing for us so that we can be successful in this world. Why would he do that? This world is passing away. God gives us everything in this world that allow us to be rescued from this broken world and into his world, his new world. Amen? So sometimes we complain because we don't have all that we want in this world. That's not the point. His point in providing is that he will always provide what is necessary for us to not only be rescued from, but also be a part of him rescuing in the lives of others. Not for this world, but from this world so that we might know his new life. We know that God is providing for us at all times. We are no longer unimportant or alone because through the Holy Spirit, God has said that he has gifted us to be a part of this new community so that we have, a, we have this, this one thing that we do, this, this service that we bring to the community that no one else is gifted to bring. He says that we are, we are gifted by the Holy Spirit to be a part of this body so that we carry out like a, a member, a piece of our physical body, that we carry out a function that no one else is designed or placed to fulfill. We hold a place in this temple that's being built in like a brick. If, you, if we were missing, it would become unstable. It would be empty without us there because we're an Important part of this, this connected, this, this whole system, this whole system of relationships and connections between us, this community of God's people. So we remember and we remind each other of these things so that we can truly become that community of worship, that community of praise and thanks that constantly, regularly gets together in order to praise the one who has given us all these things. Amen? So... Becoming that people who remembers and reminds. Also, this means that we serve and we celebrate. And we serve and we celebrate because of whose we are and who we are. Amen? Jesus made it very clear that service was, was the key to life in his kingdom. Service, an attitude of service, of serving one another, of serving outside of this place, of serving People, not of lording over, but of serving. But he also made it very clear that uh, celebration is an important part. He never took that piece that God made so important in the Old Testament. He raised that up as well. You know, I think when we put our minds to it, I think nine times out of, out of 10, we can remember to serve together. That, 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 I mean, you look out, you see the needs, you remember that. But I also really believe that nine times out of 10, even when we do put our minds together, we forget to celebrate together. As if somehow that's self-serving or somehow that's selfish. And he says, no, that's not. It's not about us. What we're celebrating is 
God, we're celebrating what he has made us, who we are and whose we are. So I, I, not only just sharing what we have with each other, not only encouraging each other, not only praying with each other, but coming together just to, to celebrate, to enjoy, to, to eat, to visit, to sing, to dance, to just enjoy each other's company. We forget sometimes that Jesus said, that in the Old Testament even, it said that God intends to replace our grief with his gladness, that he intends to replace our sorrow with his celebration, that, that heaven, that the new heavens and the new earth will be a place of righteousness uh, where we're all framed within this intention of God for our lives, but also a place of celebration and of worship and of joy and beauty and thanks. So we do this, you know, we, we get together, you know, we gather together to, to celebrate and to, to give thanks. We do this regularly, you know, once a year at Thanksgiving, don't we? But typically that's with our family, that's with our friends that we gather together. What would it be like is if we as God's people started gathering together, as we started getting together as God's people, this new tribe, this new family that we're a part of, and just made it a regular thing, that Thanksgiving didn't just happen once a year. So what are we doing? What are we doing personally? What are we doing personally to to remember and to remind, what are we doing personally to serve together and to celebrate together? This Thanksgiving, I wanna, I wanna challenge you guys maybe to come up with some new traditions and not just for Thanksgiving, but to maybe carry on and let Thanksgiving be that anchor point to remind you of these things. But maybe start that type of a, a, um, a regular tradition where you gather your family at some point during the day, and you just go around and you, on a regular basis, just say, what are we thankful for? What are you thankful for? To remember and to remind each other of who we are. And to stretch that, maybe that goes beyond your family. Maybe that you invite others from, from this community into your home and you say, hey, what, what are we thankful for? And then also, maybe make a habit of regularly having people in, the same type of thing. Maybe not as extravagant as Thanksgiving, but have them over for a meal. Have them over because that was one of the things, you know, in the early church, it says they met together in the temple as this large group, but regularly they were meeting in homes. They were meeting in homes and just celebrating over a meal, remembering all that God had blessed them with, not just in this life, but, but also that he had brought them into this new community, this new, this new eternal life. So why not start doing things and coming up with new traditions that celebrate together this new life that Jesus has given to us, this life of together. Amen? Can we do that? I mean, you guys obviously have your Thanksgiving plans already made, probably, I hope, right? Some of you guys still winging it. (laughs) But let's become a people that look around regularly and say, hey, how can we how can we remind and tell people of the great things that God is doing and the things that he has done? How can we gather together to celebrate that goodness and to share it with others as we serve them? Amen?